howdy, howdy, and welcome back in to Crossing State Lines. I am Jake, joined as always by my co-host with the co-most out of Stone in Massachusetts, 6'8", 245. It's Dave Albiani. Dave, what's good? You know, uh, it was actually pretty good today. I was I went outside this morning, and it was pretty humid, and then this afternoon, it got kind of cool, like a little bit of a cool breeze going, and... Uh, for anyone that's curious and, and really doesn't give a crap about the weather, it makes a difference when you run, how the, how the wind affects you, as Jake knows. So, oh, yeah. yeah that cool was... breeze at the end of the day saved me. I did, not wait, uh, I did not wait long enough to run today, and that really did not work to my advantage. So uh, that sucked. But uh, anyway, uh, we are joined, Dave, again by our, our dear friend, former uh, Maxwell Morocco and Albiani co-host, uh, Brandon Maxwell. Brandon, what's going on? What's up? How you guys doing? Oh, we're we're doing. We're doing. We're fresh off of our uh, team team sports trivia win last night. It was a big win for Team Crossing State Lines. It was huge. It was great. Uh, real come from behind victory. It's uh, it's one you love to see. Let's put it that way. And uh, it was it was good. But today we are uh, we're getting into a little bit of a throwback topic. So for people who have been listening to, don't know why, but people who have been listening to me do podcasts with other people for the history of time know that the first podcast the three of us ever did together was a uh, god probably five years ago at this point and that was we ranked and i need to say this specifically because it was such a ludicrous title that i gave to it uh we ranked the top 32 backup quarterbacks in the nfl which was just thinking about the title is insane because that is clearly just a power ranking but for some reason i felt compelled to label it as such anyway that was the first thing we ever did in, a, in Brandon's dorm room. We were all around. Ryan Gibbs was also with us, but Gibbs is not on this podcast tonight. Uh, but he was there also riffing on these backup quarterbacks. We put this microphone right in front of me in the middle of the room. Don't know why I decided to do that. But uh, it was in the middle of the room on the floor. I was in a chair. Uh, I believe Gibbs and Dave were both on the floor. And Brandon was in his bed. And we just shot the shit for like two hours. But um, how far we've come, except not at all. But... <clears throat> Uh, today we are gonna rank the do a power rankings of the backup quarterbacks in the NFL, and we're actually gonna call it a power rankings this time because that's what it is. Uh, so I won't let my stupidity get the better of me. So Jake Levin also ranked as part of this, but he is not with us right at the moment. He might join later. We haven't heard from him most of the day, so hopefully, hopefully Jake's okay. So uh, hopefully he joins us at some point. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll anxiously await his arrival if he does. And uh, if he updates us, we will let you know. But he ranked as well. So I put together a list of the, of the backup quarterbacks in the league. There was a little bit of discussion on who you know should be the backup for what team. And we'll kind of dig into that a little bit once we get there. But uh, for the most part, pretty much consensus agreement who they were. Uh, so I put together that master list, sent it out to Brandon, Dave, and Jake. They ranked uh, their... 32 to 1, sent over to me, I put it all together uh, in one, and uh, they have the composite document in front of them, so I think what we decided yesterday, or two days ago when we were supposed to do this podcast initially, uh, and then delayed it a little bit, was we're going to kind of group them into maybe three or five or something like that till we get to the top ten, and then kind of dig deeper into those as we go along, so does that sound okay to you guys? Sounds good to me. Cool with me. All right, cool. So uh, that means we will start down at the bottom. So we will go, uh, let's go 32 to 29 here. So coming in dead last, uh, 
just edging out number 31. Coming in dead last is Logan Woodside with the Titans. 31 is John Walford with the Los Angeles Rams. Number 30 is Kyle Allen with the Washington, with the Washington football team. And 29 is Sean Mannion with the Minnesota Twins. So let me just begin here. Uh, the highest any of these guys, I think the one we really should kind of look at for a second is Kyle Allen because Dave put him 19th and Brandon put him dead last and said by default. So I'm interested to see why why you guys had them had him where you had him. Uh, well, I think mine might have been uh, because when I got sent the list, there was no quarterback name there and I completely forgot he was on the team. So I just literally put him as last for that reason. <laughs> I mean, he's also not very good. But Dave, you did put him number 19, which to me is a little bit high for Kyle Allen. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he obviously finished the year really pretty weak, but uh, he showed some promise early on, and I think that's more than you can say for a lot of the backups in the league right now. And uh, I just think that with more time, more of an offseason, like he can watch a lot of the film over the season and look at the mistakes, work on his footwork. I think overall he can be probably a decent backup. And, I mean, I had him 19th, but, you know, some of the guys I had him ahead of, and we'll get into it more, obviously, as we go on. But it's not exactly inspiring confidence to say that he was still a bottom-tier backup. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Um, so, Logan Woodside was the was the last guy on the list. I honestly have never heard of this guy in my entire life. I don't know who he is. Um, I've at least, I think, heard John Wolford's name in, in passing somewhere. Uh, I know Sean, honestly, I didn't know Sean Mannion was the backup in Minnesota. So if Kirk Cousins, I mean, he's not great anyway, but if Kirk Cousins goes down, they are uh, pretty much good as screwed if he is uh, their backup quarterback. But I would say <laughs> these guys in the bottom four are pretty good. Sorry, this lags for me, so sorry if I cut you off. Okay. I must say, though, Kirk Cousins, I mean, he. I've been a Kirk Cousins hater for a long time. He kind of changed things for me this past year, but that's uh, that's another story. Um as far as uh, those other dudes go, like you said, I've never even heard of them before, so I can't really do too much uh, evaluation on that. But I think that's very telling in itself, so I'm, I'm comfortable with what I can do. All right, so on to 28 through 25. 28 is Ryan Finley, the backup in Cincinnati. Uh, 27 is Jeff Driscoll, who is the backup in Denver. 26 is Blaine Gabbert, who is backing up TB12 in uh, TB, Florida. And then 25 is Brett Hundley, who is uh, backing up Kyler Murray in Arizona. Um, I was interested to ask Jake about why he had Jeff Driscoll and Ryan Finley so high on his list, and hopefully if he comes on, we can address that with him, because that is uh, shocking to me. Right? Ryan Finley would be 17th on his list. Jeff Driscoll, I can maybe understand. You could maybe convince me that Jeff Driscoll's a decent quarterback, just because before he got injured last year, he had, a, he had an okay stint with the Lions. But Ryan Finley, man, he was dead last on my list. Ryan Finley uh, inspires absolutely no confidence in me. Like it, even like Logan Woodside was number. I mean, he was he was thirty first on my list, only because I've never heard of him in my life. So I'm like, all right, well, I've never heard of Logan Woodside, but I've seen Ryan Finley throw a football and be in a football game, and I know that he's probably the last option I would want backing somebody up right now. It wasn't a very good list to pick from once I got down to the bottom seven or eight, but ultimately, yeah, it, Ryan Finley to me is just the absolute dregs of backups. Yeah, I mean, he he had his chance in Cincinnati. Like, they did bench Andy Dalton, which 
I mean, I can understand you want to see if Finley is anything before you move on when you know you're not going to win any playoff games, you're not going to be in, the, in contention. And really, the only thing Finley did is is show that he had some mobility, and he's 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 pretty tough. He took some big hits, but most of those were his own doing by either not protecting himself when he was running outside the pocket or holding on to the ball too long. And uh, it's just... I think he went to NC State and he was he was okay there and I think he was a fourth round pick as well, maybe a fifth round pick. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, he just he was not very good. I had him towards the bottom as well. Um, it just I think I had him thirty, but it's he's not a good backup quarterback to me. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think something that's going to be consistent out of these guys is just that. They have a small sample size, but you got to work with with what you have. And yeah, he was like, two or three, be bad in all of them. Uh, enough so that they had to put the Andy Dalton back in when they were tanking on purpose and knew he wasn't coming back. So I think that's kind of telling right there for him. That's a good point uh, because they were like, we want to see what we have in Ryan Finley. And I'm like, you know what? I can just look at Ryan Finley and tell you, you'll probably have nothing just based off of the eye test, and the fact that he just wasn't very good. And it, it, it was clear that he wasn't going to be anything for them. Like, it was going to be them drafting Joe Burrow. Unless, I mean, and it, I mean, even in that situation, unless, you know, Ryan Finley came in and put up like 35 touchdowns in five games, I don't think they saw any future with him at all other than a backup for now to Joe Burrow. But, um, and let's not pretend that Joe Burrow isn't, it, like, there's, there's no quarterback controversy here. It's Joe Burrow and then Ryan Finley, very far behind him on the depth chart. So, moving on, we have 24 through, uh, we'll do through 21. We have Mason Rudolph, who is uh, backing up Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. At 23, you have Nate Sudfeld, who's backing up Carson Wentz in Philly. 22, you have Chad Henney, who's backing up Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. And 21, you have Nick Mullins, who is backing up Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. So, uh, if you notice here, I put Nick Mullins 13th on my list. I didn't feel fantastic about that. But I do remember, I think it was the year before last, when Garoppolo tore his ACL. And Mullins was a fine fill-in. I don't think anybody really expected anything from him. So I, I think he's, and again, this also goes into the fact that you have Shanahan there, and he's kind of that you know, quarterback whisperer type person. So I don't think you'd be totally lost with Nick Mullins back there. There's a lot of guys you could probably plug in there and have Kyle Shanahan work his magic. But at the same time, you do have to knock him a few points because, you know, he's Nick Mullins. He's not going to set the world on fire. So that, that that's whatever. I mean, it, he wasn't a hard pick for me. Uh, Sudfeld, I put pretty low. Levin put him pretty high. I uh, put him at 14th. And uh, Mason Rudolph, we were pretty much all in lockstep on him. The highest was 21st for me. The lowest was 24th for Dave. And... I think we saw a lot of what Mason Rudolph offers last year, and it's uh, not much because I almost put Duck Hodges above him on this list. I almost put him as the backup, but then I was like, you know what? It's probably Mason Rudolph, but they both stink. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, I think we're still kind of in that territory where any of these guys could get cut and we really wouldn't be that surprised at all. Um, and uh, I think Henny's kind of bounced around a little bit. He's proven that he's kind of like that typical backup where he might win you one game, but then after that, his, his mistakes are going to be really, really glaring. Sudfeld had a couple pretty good snaps. He played all right in very, very limited duties and then got hurt. Um, and 
Mason Rudolph for me is just a total disaster. He's way too conservative. And then when he pushed the ball downfield, he makes a lot of mistakes. Um, I mean, let's be realistic. When Roethlisberger went out last year, he had every opportunity to win that job. And I get the skill position players maybe were not up to up to snuff as far as what they've had in recent years when they had Bell and Antonio Brown with um, Juju Smith-Schuster, but they still had enough to get the job done and they had enough separation downfield that he could have made some plays and he lost the job to Duck Hodges. So, I mean, we really kind of have to factor that in and I think that's why Adam's so low. Yep. Uh, so among those guys, uh, Brandon, you were you didn't have any extreme picks on these guys. Um, no, uh, no high picks, no low picks. But uh, in the next batch of players, you got you got a couple of guys you got to stand for. <laughs> this is a couple of guys that uh, that we need Brandon to to stick up for on his list, and I'm I'm anxious to hear uh, his defense on some of them. So we'll go 20 through 17. We got a uh, 20 is Geno Smith out in Seattle. Mar- uh, number 19 is Matt Barkley out in Buffalo. Number 18 is Matt Schaub out in Atlanta. Number 17 is Mitch Trubisky, Money Mitch, out in Chicago. So, uh, Brandon, let's start down at Geno Smith, why don't we? Uh, so we got, um, you put him 16th on your list. You put Geno Smith right on the cusp of of uh, your top top half of backup quarterbacks i put him 30th because i have absolutely no confidence in geno smith i think he's absolutely terrible but uh, i'm interested to see why you put him 16th um i don't really think he's good either but um the reason i had him so high is because one he has multiple years of starting under his belt um and then he's also been in the league for like six ish years now um and then the way i imagine it is um he's just got to be there and be kind of Russell Wilson decoy and whatnot. Um, if you were ever to be in a game for the Seahawks, I'm sure it'd be pretty awful. Um, but as far as just the experience goes, the backup sort of thing, I think that uh, I think that he's he's all right in that kind of middle push too. Yep. And then you also had a money Mitch Trubisky number ten on your list. That one that one needs some explaining, sir. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Mitch Trubisky is you know ass like. If he were, if I were doing the starters, he would probably be one of my bottom three ish. Um, but that, I, I just think that as far as a backup goes, again, he's a guy who has multiple years of starting. Um, he's probably in a lot better situation. A lot of these other guys, I kind of took that into consideration too in terms of the team, um, just because maybe he doesn't have the best targets, but he's got solid guys like um, fifteen tight ends on the roster right now. So one of those dudes hopefully is good. Um, he's got Allen Robinson. He's got a couple of those smaller receivers, too. Um, he's got a really good running back core as well. Um, so as far as working with what he's got there, too, I, I think Trubis probably in the upper half of backups. I mean, I def- I think I'm, I'm confident having him in the uh, top 10-ish backup range. Definitely no higher than that. But, you know, I think also, you know, he's 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 got a long way to fall, too. So he could very well be a guy who's on the very bottom of this list by the end of the year. Yeah, so this one, so he was dead last for Jake Levin. He was, what else? Uh, he was, where was he for Dave? Dave, he was 13th on your list. We'll get to you in a second. Don't worry. We're uh, we're not sparing you either. And he was 23rd on my list. So I wasn't crazy about him either. But, Dave, I'm assuming your reasoning goes along uh, with Maxwell's. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think at a certain point, like a lot of these guys, to be honest, you really only have about 10 really good backups. And then after that, you're kind of just filling out the depth chart. Um, I mean, the NFL is kind of is one of those sports where more than anywhere else, you're really just relying on that one guy to lead you to at least a capable winning season or a capability of making the playoffs. And with the NFL salary cap kind of lopsided, as far as the QB taking up so much of it, you can't really risk. I mean, I know some teams do it that are in really good cap situation, like the Colts did with Hoyer last year. Um, they, they spent a lot of money on a backup. Uh, I believe Dalton only signed for like $2 million because he was caught late. But um, I know there are some backups making like 7 or $8 million, which is kind of like the going rate for a really good backup. For these other teams that are more cash-strapped, you're kind of just putting all your eggs in one basket. So you're really just kind of going with a Ryan Finley who costs, costs you almost nothing or someone like that. Like like the Patriots have, are paying Hoyer, but and then Stenham makes nothing. So they're choosing to invest their money elsewhere and just kind of relying on, all right, let's hope that he can kind of just not screw up. And I think after like the top 10 to 13, after that it's really just guys that you just throw them out there and you pray they don't screw everything up for you. And Trubisky as bad as he's been for the Bears and he's been awful, he at least has shown some capability of making a couple big plays. Yeah, I see what you guys mean. And um, if Jake does hop on, I definitely want to get his input on uh, on Trubisky. But to me, I don't know, I've just seen so much of Trubisky. And I'm not saying that, I mean, like Mason Rudolph, I have in the same general area as him. I think they're they're both just incredibly inconsistent and it's just worse Trubisky gets dinged a lot more for me because this guy was you know a, t- a, a very high draft pick and he ended up being very bad and he's just I just don't think he's any good I just don't know how much he brings to the table to you in general and he was very polarizing like I said 10 and 13 for you guys 27 and 32 or uh, 23 and 32 uh, for me and Jake so it's it's there really isn't a lot to like about Mitch Trubisky for me. So that's, that's why he ended up so low for me. But uh, 16 through 14. Uh, 16 is Jordan Love, who is probably the most polarizing player on the list. Uh, then we have Colt McCoy, who was 15th. Then we have Mike Glennon out in Jacksonville. By the way, Colt McCoy is in uh, New York with the Giants, and Mike Glennon is uh, 14th uh, with the Jaguars. Mike Glennon recently dragged by one of his teammates if uh, if I do remember correctly. What happened? Uh, yo, you didn't see that? Oh, boy. Wait, you didn't see that, Brandon? No, oh, what happened? Dave, who was the player? Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks. He, he plays for the Jaguars? For the uh, Bears. Oh, okay, he was talking about his time with the Bears. But uh, Akeem well, Hicks... Well, he's on the Bears. What was it? He's on the Bears. Akeem My, Hicks. Yeah, oh, he's still... Oh, I'm sorry, right. He's still on the Bears. And Akeem Hicks was asked um, about Colin Kaepernick. And his only response was we signed Mike Glennon. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, dude. It's a good, I, I'm glad you reminded me because I thought they were still teammates, and I was like, all right, now that makes more sense that they're not teammates anymore. They but, have a lot of people, too. Yeah, they, they were really invested in him being at least like a competitive backup quarterback, and he was not good because he's not good. But we'll get to him in a second. Dave, you and I have bones to pick about Jordan Love. So he was ninth on my list, Jordan Love. First round pick by the Packers this year. He was dead last on your list. So let me just explain my standpoint here. Jordan Jordan Love is a first round pick. I trust the Matt LaFleur Packers more than 
I've trusted previous regimes with the Packers. I feel like Matt LaFleur knows what he's doing. I think he knows what he's seeing. He's a good talent evaluator, at least from what I've seen. And I think he could at least get more out of Jordan Love than you expect. But Jordan Love, as a backup, you haven't seen a whole lot from him. But all the guys below him inspire so little confidence to me, or at least around the same amount at this point, that I had to put him top 10 because I, I respect Matt LaFleur and I think he sees something in him. And I can understand putting him lower than nine. I get that, but putting him dead last—that's—I don't know if I—I I don't know if I totally agree with that. I just don't get how you can have a guy ninth that hasn't taken a single snap in a level higher than higher than because all these players that, are booty. That's why. <laughs> and had serious issues as last year at Utah <clears throat> State. I mean, it to me, it's like it's not that he doesn't have the talent to be top ten. He's t- he's the talent to be a good starter, but. If I'm if I'm ranking my backups, a back the most important job of a backup is to be consistent in what you offer. Whether that's you're good at short and short and intermediate throws, you're smart, you have a big arm, you're mobile, whatever your package might be. Because when you go out there, chances are the offense won't be the same or they'll have stuff completely tailored to your game. And we just don't know anything about Jordan Love. We know that he had some really nice throws and he's got some great arm talent and he's mobile. But then we also don't know anything about him in pro-level competition. You know, what's it going to be like when he steps out in the field? Everyone thought Brett Hundley was great. Everyone thought Mike Glennon was great when he played a couple games. Matt Flynn. Everyone is great until you see more games of them and you have to play more games and the teams can, can scout you more. And, you know, until we see Jordan Love play, it's, it's not that I'm ranking him that he's the worst. It's incomplete. Is the way I look at it. So you're telling me, you're telling me right now with a straight face, with that that's that straight face up in Stone and Mass right now. You're telling me that if you could trot out, say your your starting quarterback gets hurt, and I say, Dave, you can trot out Jordan Love or Ryan Finley, and you're saying let's send Ryan Finley's ass out there. I'm saying that Jordan Love, I have no idea what he is, uh, and Ryan Finley, I would take. Uh, I mean. Yeah. Like I said, it, like I said uh, I'm putting him 32 for incomplete. It's not necessarily an indictment on his talent. If we're looking at talent on this list, Jordan Love has as much or more than every QB on this list talent-wise. Well, let me ask you this question, Dave. How much have you seen of Logan Woodside? I actually saw him play in the preseason. Was he any good? He was all right. Did he go to Kentucky? I have no idea. His seeing his name on the depth chart was the first time I've ever seen his name in my life. So, yeah, your guess. I mean, you know the college stuff, Dave. So I'm guessing it's probably right. So you're you're you're, you're telling me right now. You're telling me. I say to you, Dave, your quarterback. He just got hurt. You can either send out Jordan Love, who you have said has a lot of talent, but we've never seen him on a football field in the NFL. Or Sean Mannion, and you're going, let's send out Sean Mannion's ass on the field. It depends what the situation is. Situation is two-minute warning. You're down by four. <laughs> you, need a, you need that last-minute drive. <laughs> but am I the Dolphins, or am I fighting for a playoff spot? Let's say you're fighting for a playoff spot. Then I'm probably sending out Mannion. Oh, dear Lord. I don't think there's no wow. no answer where you're sending <laughs> Sean Mannion on the field is the right answer. How much have you seen Sean Mannion play though? Very little in my my life. 
<laughs> Very little. But Jordan Love is a guy that presumably was drafted to be a good, you know, good. Qu- I don't think like just on draft spots. This, I mean, that's assuming every first round pick is a hit. No, but this. I, honestly, I'm not even a big Jordan Love fan. I really, I really didn't want the Patriots to draft him. But looking at this list of backups, I'm like, you know what? Jordan Love's probably a better option than two thirds of these guys. So, or three quarters rather of these guys. But anyway, um, who else do we have on here? To, yeah, what, Brandon? What I have him at, because uh, for the past two, Love at 32 and Trubisky at 32, I'm not, I mean, I'm with you, Jake. I'm not really high on him either. But 32, that's a, that's a bold claim right there. But hey, I respect it. It's a go very, big or go home. It's a very I, bold I, claim. I just, I look at it as not, like I said, if we're ranking it based on talent, he's way higher. He's probably in the top five. But if we're, if we're basing it on, I'm basing it on what I've seen or what I've watched or what I've read. And Jordan Love just hasn't played it. He hasn't taken any snaps. So after week eight or week ten, I'm 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 willing to re-rank the, the the numbers based on, you know, what this whatever people say about him, what I can read about him, what I can see about him if he plays games. Then I'm willing to rework my my rankings. But it's more of just an incomplete because I haven't seen him play. I can't rank a rookie above guys that have taken snaps. Fair enough. Well, we'll uh we'll 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 piece that argument again uh, in a few minutes, but. Colton McCoy at 15. Jake Levin put him top 10. That I need an explanation for at some point. Even if it's not this episode, I need him to explain that to me. Because Colt McCoy, I put 20th on my list. And I just, I've never liked Colt McCoy as an NFL quarterback. I've never thought he's that competent. He's like a deer in the headlights when things get tough. I mean, you saw him in that game against the Patriots. Was it last year? Where they trotted him out there and he just got absolutely eaten alive by the Patriots defense. I mean, a lot of quarterbacks did, especially early, but, you know, he got absolutely annihilated by them. Uh, never been a fan. And Mike Glennon, uh, Dave, I think I'm closer to you on this one. You had him 22nd. That was the lowest out of anybody on the list, or anybody that participated. Levin had him 10th. I mean, when it comes to backups, Mike Glennon is like the, like, you look at backups, it's like him. That's like a backup quarterback. He's always going to be there riding the bench. The Oh, who's their backup quarterback? Oh, it's Mike Glennon. Yeah, I remember him. He was in Tampa Bay when he was in Chicago. Like, he's a backup. That, he's he's like a, thanks. Yeah, he's not very good. Um, he's, he's actually pretty bad. And, I mean, I, I don't know how much money he got from Chicago, but it was probably way more than he ever should have earned in, as a quarterback. What was that? It, that? Was that much? You're kidding me. He got like three years, 15 mil each season, like 45 mil. He did, yeah. How much guaranteed? Do you remember? I think it was like a, you know. I mean, I think he made all of it. I think he, yeah, I think he made all of it. I think they paid out all of it. That's just that's sickening, quite honestly. It like actively makes me sick to my stomach to know that Mike Glennon earned forty five million dollars to ride pine behind somebody probably worth about as good to worse than him. Um. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about Mike Lennon, quite honestly. I think Dave put the put the nail hit the nail on the head pretty good there. He's just not very good. About Was it? We've said too we've said too much about Mike Lennon. That's a good point. Let's move on from him. So the last group of players we have before we hit the top ten. Thirteen is uh Chase Daniel, he's the backup in Detroit. Number twelve is PJ Walker, he's the backup in Carolina. And number 11 is A.J. McCarron, who is the backup in Houston. He just missed the top 10 by about a point. So uh, I feel like the one we should focus on the most here is P.J. Walker because he's – I don't think he's – he's not as much of an unknown as a Jordan Love, but 
he hasn't played in the NFL. He played in the XFL, which, if you want to call that real football, you can. But I would probably disagree. Um, he looked good. He was definitely one of the more high-profile players there. And I'm ex- I put him higher on my list because I'm just excited to see what he can do in the NFL. If he gets the, ch- I mean, he probably won't get the chance because he's backing up Teddy Bridgewater. But I'm interested to see what he can do. Yeah, I'm. I'm a big PJ Walker fan. Um, I saw some of the XFL games, and I think he's legit. I think he can be at least a good backup, maybe like a low end starter. Who knows after that? Maybe they, maybe uh, Joe Brady and Matt Rule can develop him a little bit. But um, yeah, I, I think he's he's a good he's a good option. And uh, I think one thing, the XFL is definitely not the NFL, obviously, like you said. But I think it's still that in between between college and pro. It's like a triple A almost where you have a lot of guys that are kind of casted off from the NFL, and those guys are, are in the XFL trying to work their way back. And you saw it, like a, a bunch of guys, when the league shut down, got either invites or contracts to play in the NFL. And P.J. Walker, I still remember, was uh, Oliver Luck was the commissioner, one of the ranking members of, of the XFL, and Andrew Luck told him, because P.J. Walker was on the Colts practice squad, that P.J. Walker was going to be a really good quarterback thing to sign up. So... Um, I think I'm willing to take Andrew Luck's word at being a quarterback because although people disagree on what he was when he played, he was still an NFL quarterback and still a top 15 guy or 16 guy for every year he played. So uh, I'm willing to take that guy's scouting report because he saw him every day. Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly understandable why he's so high. Let me see where everybody had him. So the highest was he had, you had him 11th, Dave. I had him 18th. So I had him right in that middle pack just because we, don't, we don't really know what he'll do in the NFL. I agree he's very talented. But generally, we all pretty much agreed that, that P.J. Walker is a, a, good, a good backup. And then A.J. McCarron, he was fifth on Levin's list. The lowest on anybody's list that he was was 18th for, uh, for Brandon. He was, where was he on my list? I, put him, I think I put him 10th actually on my list. And then, Dave, you had him at number 14. So generally in agreement that he's a pretty good backup and I'm a little bit confounded as to why AJ McCarron's never really gotten more of a chance in the NFL. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is with that. Um I mean obviously he has limitations like every QB does. Right. I mean, you know, even Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Drew Brees and um you know, all these famous QBs, whoever they are, have limitations. No one's a perfect player. Uh but it's it's interesting to me because McCarron always struck me as a guy that was smart and had enough arm talent to make it work and was willing to do kind of whatever it took to win because you saw it at Alabama. They ran a power offense. They ran the ball a lot. They didn't always like drop back 50 times and throw it. That was a new thing with Tua. Uh, but uh, it always struck me as kind of weird too. I thought McCarron at the worst would be a good backup. And, and I mean, give him credit for that because he stuck around, but uh, that's pretty low bar if we're, if we're tracking it by just staying around the league because Chase Daniel's been around forever. I think a decent what-if was if McCarron ended up starting some games for Cincinnati other than Andy Dalton. That might have been interesting to see how much, because honestly, how much worse is A.J. McCarron than Andy Dalton? Like I don't, I don't think there's a huge gap in talent there, honestly. But uh, I, I, I'm kind of shocked as to why he's never gotten a little bit more of a chance. I'll I'll give Dalton his credit. I think Dalton's uh, you know very much better than uh, McCarron. But I think the big thing here, you know, what would have happened if the Bengal, I mean, uh, the Browns 
Did it mess up that tree? It's true. We'll never know. But the, what happens if the Browns didn't mess up what trade? They've messed up so many trades in their existence. <laughs> like, that's all they do is fuck up trades. Uh, all right, so we're getting to the top ten now. We'll go one by one for these. Uh, so number ten, uh, he was the highest he was on anybody's list. He was third for me, so I'm pretty high on him. I've always liked him as a player. It's unfortunate that he hasn't been better. And he was 26th for Jake Levin. Filling in the gaps there, he was, where was he here? Uh, six for Dave. And I believe he was pretty low for Brandon. He was, da, 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 where was he on your list, Brandon? Oh, he's eight. So really, it was Levin dragging this guy down. So he was third, sixth, and eighth, and then Levin had him really low. Uh, it's Marcus Mariota. He's the backup right now in Las Vegas. Uh, there's people I've seen on Twitter who think that he'll beat out Carr for the starting job. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Carr is a better quarterback than Marcus Mariota. I think that's, frankly, I don't think it's even close. I've always liked Derek Carr more than most people have. I mean, remember, he was on sort of an MVP track that year until he shredded his leg up. But, I mean, yes, he's got he's been not as good as that since. But he's still, if he doesn't keep the job over Mariota, I mean, Mariota couldn't beat out Tannehill for the starting job in Tennessee. So let's not make it like he's going to be a world beater and get past Derek Carr. So Mariota, I really yeah. like him as a backup, though, because A, he's he can do a lot out of the backfield if you want to use him in, in some other role. And B, I think he's a, a decent quarterback if you want to throw him out there, say if Carr you know, gets hurt or something like that or he is playing poorly. You at least have a decent second option in Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I'm kind of surprised that Jake had him so low, uh, Lovin had him so low, because to me, Marcus Mariota, look, he's not great and he's not perfect. Obviously, he lost his job, like you said, but he still does enough things and he checks enough boxes. He's a team guy. He doesn't really make a lot of mistakes, and part of the reason why he got benched is he just doesn't really push the ball downfield. He doesn't really look to kind of take any chances he doesn't really push past multiple reads and i think that's the issue with him but as a backup i think you could do a lot of work on a guy that's mobile smart team first and you know can lead the huddle a little bit can can kind of prove what is his worth and you know this guy still has a lot of talent i was very high on him coming out of college i thought he was going to be awesome but um i was clearly wrong and I still think he's a you know he's a top ten backup. The the bar, as we've said over and over again, not that high. Like beating out Mike Glennon, Colt McCoy, Mitch Trubisky, Matt Schaub, Matt Barkley, Nick <laughs> Mullins. Like Marcus Mariota, not good, but better than those guys. And before uh, before I let you jump uh, jump in, Brandon. Also, the, it's crazy the bar is low for those guys because those guys were never expected to be any good. But Marcus <laughs> Mariota was a number two overall pick, so like he should be better than this. But go ahead, Brandon. Uh, as far as Mariota goes, I just think he's like uh, a very low tier starter. Very, uh, I'm gonna say very high tier back. Low tier starter, serviceable back. Um, and it's just wild to see the trajectory of even Jameis right now. I mean, I think Jameis still has obviously far more of a chance to, you know, be a starting quarterback in the NFL than Mariota does. But you know, one and two pick five years later, neither of them panned out. You know, I don't know if that happens too often. When First quarterbacks taken are like the first five picks or so. I mean, I know obviously there's many, but we usually have at least one guy who hits, but not in this case. Yeah, yep. Marcus Mariota, good quarterback, top ten, cor- top ten backup for all three of us except for eleven. Uh, you okay over there? Good. Emily took a coughing fit there. 
uh, if anybody heard that in the background. <laughs> she, is okay. she is okay, for the record. She is okay. All right, so moving on, number nine, we have uh, seventh. He was seventh for Brandon. That was the highest. Lowest was 12th for me because I've never really liked this guy, but he is at least a decent backup quarterback. That is New England, New England zone, Brian Hoyer, coming in at number nine. So I'll say my piece on Brian Hoyer. I don't really like him. Not a big fan at all. I don't think he should be the only backup quarterback going into the season. Uh, I don't think he's a great player overall. I've seen him as a starting quarterback. It is not pretty. We all have. It's not pretty. Uh, but given the circumstances, he is at least better than the Colt McCoys of the world, than the Geno Smiths of the world, the Mason Rudolphs of the world. At least he's he's shown at points that he can do something competent and not be terrible. And he's being coached by the best co- by the best coach in NFL history. So I think he can do enough not to screw up as a player. But I'm still not very high on him at all. I know you guys are higher on him than me because I had him lowest, but I just I don't like him that much at all. He's obviously very mediocre, but he's a very 500 player in terms of like wins, losses, and whatnot. And as far as Belichick goes, he's like a two point power boost, so he kind of elevates him to a whole nother level. So I think that Hoyer with New England raises him like five extra spaces rather than. Hoyer with like the Colts or anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, and I think uh, an underrated aspect of a backup, especially one in Hoyer's situation, is when you have a younger guy as the kind of like as the go-to starter, so to say. It's you need a veteran that knows the system, smart, good teammate, can make some throws, but also that is willing to push the push the younger guy. And then if he gets the job, not be mad to lose the job to the younger guy. Be a be a pro. And I think that's what Hoyer is. Like, he's a pro. If he wins the job because he's better in competition and then lose the job in week four, he'll be okay with that. He'll, you know, he'll take it as a, as a champ. He'll lead the guys in the locker room. He'll go back. He'll help Stidham, you know, study the next week's opponent. He'll say, hey, you know what? You know, I saw this in, in film. And Brady even talked about how when he was here, Hoyer was the guy that, he would trust with a lot of assignments, like, hey, can you tell me what you see on this? And he wouldn't even check it himself. He would just trust Hoyer's opinion because he thought Hoyer was a really smart player. Uh, and I think that's what makes Hoyer so valuable. Not necessarily that he's going to come in and win you 12 games, but for a guy that needs to start a couple and be a pro and help and be smart, I think he's your guy. Whatever. <laughs> that's all I got to say about Brian Hoyer. Whatever. Um, he exists. He is an entity on the Patriots, that is for sure. All right, number eight. Uh, not so often that the Cleveland Browns find themselves in the top ten of anything good, but number eight for us right here is uh, Case Keenum, the backup in Cleveland, backing up Baker Mayfield. Dave had him top five at number five. Levin had him lowest at 15th. I had him uh, around there. Um, I had him eighth. And Brandon, you had him all the way at number six. So really we all, again, like uh, – to a lesser extent than Marcus Mariota, but we pretty much agree that Case Keenum's a good backup quarterback. We've seen him play well as a starter here and there. So Baker Mayfield, I'm not saying he should feel heat with Case Keenum behind him at all, especially if he plays well, but Case Keenum's not a, a bad backup quarterback by any stretch. I mean, we're starting to get into that group of people who it's like, with one exception, I would say, but where it's like, all right, well, if they come in, it's not the worst thing in the world. You don't want to see your backup, usually ever, but in this case, all right, 
he, he probably won't ruin the game for you when he comes in. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree. And I, I think we're we're kind of inching towards the prototypical backup here, like Brian Hoyer, Case Keenum, um, and we'll get on. There's a couple more guys on this list that are really going fit, to fit this to a T, especially Hinton, so maybe someone in, in on the Chargers. But uh, I, I just think at this point, you're, you're for a backup, you're looking for these teams, and you're going to notice the theme with these teams at the top of the list in that most of these guys, uh, with the exception of maybe, I would say, two of the top ten, or three of the top ten, they're all guys that, you know, that could win the job. They're all guys that are going to push someone. You know, not, not necessarily going to win the job, but they're going to push them hard. And I think that's what the top backups are going to do. That's what you pay for. And the guys at the bottom of the list are obviously not going to push the back, push the starting quarterback. And that's what the teams are looking for some of the times. They don't want to go into training camp and have, you know, someone be outplayed by Ryan Finley or something, or a backup quarterback. So they sign Ryan Finley. So they sign, you know, Sean Mannion. So, and they bring in these other guys. They don't want to be beaten out. So uh, it all depends on what you want. But Brian Hoyer, Case Keenum, and, you know, there's one other guy on the top of my mind that's coming up on the list. But these are kind of like the guys that, you know, they don't have great talent, but they're smart and they're teammates. Yeah, uh, uh, Brandon. What do you have anything to say about about Case Keenum? He's in his, I know he doesn't inspire a ton of confidence, but he is a pretty good, pretty good backup. What I will say is, I could see if the Browns are like one and seven, and Baker Mayfield is just total trash and garbage, and he's like missing everyone and throwing. Like, take that Patriots game when they got completely smacked. If he's like that all year through the first half, I could see them being like, "All right, we're gonna put Case Keenum in. We've got too much talent on this roster." We could crack the seven seed. You know, the more teams are going to be in the playoffs this year. We can't risk it. So I could see, you know, a potential for him to come in in that aspect. And also, he's got deep playoff experience, and that's way more than a lot of these other guys can say. So I think that automatically puts him in definitely top 10 consideration and a bit higher than that, too. Speaking of deep playoff experience, number seven. Uh, he was third for 11. That was the highest. He was 11th for me. That was the lowest out of anybody. He was ninth for Dave, and he was ninth for Brandon, so we were, I mean, you, all three of us had him right around that 9 to 11 range. Jake had him a little bit higher. That is good old Joe Flacco over the New York Jets, just recently signed by the Jets to back up Sam Darnold, coming off neck surgery. So that should pretty much tell you how much we care, how much we really think about all these backup quarterbacks, that Joe Flacco coming off neck surgery is better than about three quarters of them, but I... I'm not going to say the words I like Joe Flacco seriously in a sentence because I don't, but I think he is at least a serviceable backup at this point in his career. He should not be a starter anymore. I think he's definitely moved on from that point in his career where he thinks he delude, deludedly thinks he should be a starter. And I think hopefully he's moved on to I am definitively a backup now. This is who I am. I'm a backup quarterback now because that's how he should be thinking. He is a backup, and he's a fine backup. He's, you know, not the Joe Flacco of 2013 anymore, far from it, but he could probably deliver a play for you here and there if you need it. Say Darnold gets injured or Darnold is sick or Darnold is playing like shit. Who knows? But I think Joe Flacco doesn't really give you a ton of confidence, and I think what pushed him down the list a little bit for me is that I don't think Adam Gase can work well with any quarterback, so that would push him down a little bit, but Flacco still has 
I would say enough in the tank to be a, a fine backup. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I think Flacco's a good enough backup to me. You know, he's not flashy. I wouldn't say he's the prototypical backup. He's, I still think he's going to be sour grapes about not playing if Sam Darnold doesn't play well. Um, but to me, I don't know. I, I, I think I think he's an okay backup. He's better than a lot of the other guys because he's won a Super Bowl. He's actually proven he can make some big-time throws. Um, but overall, he's kind, of, he's kind of limited in what you could do with the offense. His whole throw the ball up and get pass interference only works so many times a game. Yeah, exactly what Dave said. I mean, he's got the experience behind him, and that means pretty much more than anything, especially as a backup. Like, I mean, I'm having a guy who's won a Super Bowl as the one who's telling you things in practice and whatnot, I'm sure is definitely a benefit to have. But, like, uh, also what Dave said, I can definitely see him getting pouty and being pissed off if Sam Darnold is, you know, playing like trash. Again, playing like he did against the Patriots. Um, and then Flacco is still not seeing the field. Do you guys think that Joe Flacco, somewhere in the back of his mind, thinks there's a chance he actually starts games this year? He yeah. could. He could. I mean, what if Donald gets mono again? Can you get mono twice? I also I also have a very so. good argument for why he could start games. All right. Adam Gase. That's a good point. Really all you need to say. <laughs> That's about it. That's all you need to hear. Did Gase draft Donald? Oh, yeah. Right? Okay. Um, the year before, I can't remember. I think he was brought in. I'm honest. Oh, man. Didn't they come in? Didn't they what? come I think in he together? was brought in. He was already drafted. Who was the Jets coach before him? I can't even remember now. Oh, Todd Bowles. Yeah, Todd yeah. Bowles. I think Todd Bowles. Yeah. yeah, Todd Bowles probably should have been kept around. Looking at what Adam Gase brought it down. So Adam Gase is 2019 to present. So last year was his first year. So Darnold was a year under Bowles. Yeah. Wait, but doesn't that wait really? Last year was his first year? Adam Gase? Yeah, he was on the Dolphins the year before that. Wow, so Sam Darnold did have... I, I was shocked. I thought he was drafted, but I don't know if that was something going on in my head. But, wow. Interesting. Sucks to be Sam Darnold right now. Anyway, uh, number six. This guy, with the highest anybody had him was 11. He had him second. Brandon, you had him 11th, so pretty much the same thing as Joe Flacco, except he was higher on maybe Dave and I had him a little bit higher. But uh, coming in at number six, backing up Lamar Jackson, is Robert Griffin III out in Baltimore. So this is another guy where you really thought that he was going to be something great. He had that awesome rookie season, and then injuries just derailed his career as a starter. But you know what? If I was Baltimore, obviously you want Lamar Jackson to stay healthy and stay out there. But if he got hurt or if he missed a game or two or something, I feel like Robert Griffin III is more than capable. And I don't know I don't know if I would say a good quarterback because he's been so inconsistent since that, since those injuries. But he's at least a, a more than serviceable backup if the Ravens needed him to actually play meaningful minutes. I thought I was – and I, I really like RG3. I thought I was being kind of generous putting him at 11. I had him higher at, at first. But then I had a couple guys who kind of had to shift a bit. A bit. Um, like I had Trubisky right ahead of him. And main reason being, um, RG3 hasn't really played a game in like four years. Um, he was great when he before he got hurt and before um, he was running to the ground with a torn ACL. Um, I think he had a lot of potential to be um, at least a consistent old pro quarterback. Um, but yeah, as far as the backup goes, he's definitely um, one of the more um, prototypical ones that you would like. 
especially for a guy like um, Lamar Jackson, who has a similar play style. I think that's the perfect backup for him. So in hindsight, maybe I could have had him a bit higher. Um, but then again, uh, you know, it's been so long since he's played. I feel like it's more so um, good to have him, obviously, in the role as a backup, being a scout, and then him know what's going on. But if you had him in a game, I don't know if you have that same confidence. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Brandon was, was mostly right on that. And I, I think I'm kind of mostly with both of you, actually. Uh, I I think he's he's got some obviously good skills. He's got a good arm, and he's been around. He's smart. He's a pretty good teammate from everything you hear. Everyone likes him. Um, and I think one thing that's kind of helped him with the Ravens is I think his time with Washington kind of humbled him as far as how fast he fell down uh, after the injury. Like, he came back and really didn't have much success, and then he was benched and released. And um, I, I think overall that kind of humbled him a little bit. And and I, I think if he was given a chance, like as a backup for four or five games, say say Lamar hurt his ankle and he's out four games, I think you'd be okay running on RG three for four games. I think you could do worse than that. And I think maybe you go. It's sort of like the Patriots with Jimmy G before you knew what he was. It's like all right, we feel good about this guy. You know, he's not Tom Brady. We know that, but let's send him out there and let's see how he does. And maybe he can lead us to two and two or three and one. I think that's what RG three can do for you. Yeah, that's a pretty good summation, I would say, from both of you. So, yeah, he's a. Uh, I think if you ran him out there a few games, he would he would do a fine job for them. So, uh, yeah, RG three, the renaissance of RG three, maybe we'll see. Uh, number five, getting in the top five here. Uh, this guy was pretty much, uh, pretty much in the same area in all four of our lists. Brandon, you had him fourth. That was the highest. Dave, you had him seventh. That was the lowest. So we were all pretty much in lockstep on this guy. That's Tyrod Taylor. So Tyrod Taylor, he's out in Los Angeles with the Chargers. This was one that we discussed, uh, much like Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky. But, yes, technically Tyrod Taylor is the starter. But, I mean, they drafted Justin Herbert top 10. It's very clear that he is going to be the quarterback there at some point in the season. Tyrod Taylor is going to be a very good backup for them. I think Tyrod Taylor still has stuff left in the tank. Personally, I've always liked him. And I think as a backup, he's definitely going to serve an important role for them, especially as you know Justin Herbert goes through the motions as a rookie quarterback. And you might, you legitimately might need a guy like Tyrod Taylor to come and fill in. And honestly, look, he might not be as good as Philip Rivers, but Philip Rivers didn't exactly impress anybody last year in his last year in LA. So I think Tyrod Taylor, you know, with the right coaching and the right leadership, he, he can be a very, he can be a pretty good quarterback for them. He's definitely got that game manager vibe going on to him where, you know, he's not going to throw too many deep passes. He's going to make the same passes, probably like 15 of them a game. Um, but you could definitely do a lot worse. I think he's a low, middle, high, bottom tier um, starter even. I think that uh, many teams in the league could use a guy like him as, as the starter. Um, but then also, like you said, as far as it goes, I think he's also the perfect guy to sort of transition over to another quarterback in the middle of the year. And who knows if, you know, he's able to continue staying with the Chargers and he's got a role there where he's, you know, just locked up for the next five, six years and he's got the rest of his career all set. Or, you know, maybe another team comes in next year, their quarterback they had in in hopes was terrible or got hurt, what have you. Um, He could start for a lot of teams. Yeah, and I I think this is one of the guys that I was mentioning before. And when I said uh, the prototypical kind of backup. And I think that when you look at it, Case Keenum, Brian Hoyer, Tyrod Taylor, I think those are the three guys that you think of for a backup. That's what you think of. You think of the guy that's 
going to make the safe throws. He do, they don't make a lot of mistakes. They're smart. They're good team players. They'll step in. They'll lead the team. If they lose the job, they won't pout. They'll be smart. They'll be there the next week to help the other guy. These are the three guys, I think, that when you want a backup, I think these are three of the guys you look for. And I think Mariota could be that in that category, too. He's he's a great teammate from where you were here, too. But I think those are the guys that you really look at and say, all right, Keenum, Hoyer, Tyron Taylor, those are like kind of what you think of that, all right, this is going to be my backup quarterback because they've been around doing it for so long. Like, Keenum has kind of bounced around. He's been a starter. He hasn't been a starter. Hoyer's been around forever. And Taylor's kind of been around at this point for a little while, too. So, you know, I, I think these are kind of like the three guys you look at as the typical backups type. Yeah. I, I've always liked Tyrod Taylor, especially, you know, when he was with Buffalo and he had, you know, kind of his coming out party there and people really, you know, saw that talent in him. And I agree with Brandon. I think he could even be kind of a high bottom tier starter. Uh, maybe not great, but he's shown that he's capable of going out there and delivering. And, you know, as much as I like Sean McDermott, and we'll get to that when we do our coach QB duos and talk about him, I do think benching Ty, because if I'm not mistaken, he did bench Tyrod Taylor for Nathan Peterman, right? He did. I'm not forgetting that. Okay, I just want to make sure I'm not forgetting things there, because for all the good that Sean McDermott's done, that was one of the stupidest decisions he's ever made in his life. Because it was pretty clear that Tyrod Taylor was not a worse quarterback than Nathan Peterman. And how do we know that? Because Tyrod Taylor's fifth on this list, and Nathan Peterman is, I don't even, I don't even know if he's in the league right now. Is he even in the league? He was, he was on the Raiders last, but I think even um, Tyrod Taylor came back in that very same game. Yeah, I think you're right, because he threw like five picks in the first half. Yeah, so that, that went very well. So anyway, uh, moving on to the quote-unquote Mount Rushmore of uh, backup quarterbacks. Number four, he was first for Dave. So, Dave, you can take this one right off the bat. He was first for you, just outside the top ten for 11 at 11. Uh, that's a fun one to say, 11 at 11. Um, and I think he was in the top ten for both uh, for me and Brandon. Uh, that's Andy Dalton, the backup quarterback in Dallas. So, Dave, I really need to hear why Andy Dalton got your number one spot. I just think if I have to go to war with one of these guys, first of all, please help me <laughs> and please just burn out my eyes. Uh, but – also, I, I think that Andy Dalton, just for the most part, if you have to pick one guy in this list, I'm kind of leaning Andy Dalton. I think Fitzpatrick uh, is another guy in this list that people are probably high on. If you're if you're listening, I think Fitzpatrick is the guy that everyone thinks about as the prototypical backup um, as far as he always moves around everywhere he's played for like 100 teams. But uh, I just think overall when you look at it, Andy Dalton has had some pretty good seasons. I mean – is he an elite quarterback? No. But, I mean, he was good enough to lead the Bengals to at least the playoffs a bunch of different seasons, and he had some pretty good offensive seasons for those teams, and he's got a pretty good arm. Uh, he does make some pretty bad interceptions and mistakes, but um, this is a backup. We're not looking for, you know, Tom Brady or Peyton Manning here. We're looking we're looking for a good backup, and I think Andy Dolan can be that. And for, you know, he didn't sign for much money. He's a team guy. You know, I just think you can do a lot worse. And I, if I'm picking one guy in this list to go to war, like I said, it helped me because I'm probably getting the first pick in the draft. But uh, I'm going with Andy Dalton. I don't think he's great, but um, he made the playoffs each of his first five seasons. Um, he's a yards vacuum. Like, he has so many yards. And also, I think one thing we have to take into consideration is the fact that the Bengals have been tanking for, like, four years straight. So they've been actively not trying to support him during that time as well. You look at last year, no A.J. Green, lots of his talent on the field was injured. 
and you had a team that was completely against him the entire season. They benched him in the middle of the season, um, as we talked about earlier, only for a couple of games. Um, they even did it on his birthday, which is a bit of added cruelty. Um, yeah, but, that was cruel. <laughs> but you could do way worse than Andy Dalton. I think Andy Dalton is an average starter in the NFL. Um, I don't think he's great, but I literally think he's like the prototypical average quarterback. You're not going to get great things from him, but you're going to get a lot of yards. He'll get you your touchdowns. He'll also throw you uh, a bunch of interceptions as well. Um, but yeah, I think that he's, I mean, he could start for plenty of teams right now. Um, this is kind of a weird year in the NFL where there's not necessarily talent at every position, but there's um, an heir, sort of. Um, not necessarily a, like a protege, but there's a guy in place for every team where you could say, all right, I see you giving them a shot. Like, for example, perfect perfect example, in my opinion, is Drew Locke with the Broncos. Um, they used, like, a second-round pick on him, which is, you know, pretty pretty solid worth. So they're continuing to go with a guy like that. But Andy Dalton could easily start there. He's better than Drew Locke. Um, so, yeah, that's why I had him number two. Not a bad pick. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big Andy Dalton guy. I never have been. And I love Dak Prescott, so I think there's a pretty – Pretty big chasm between Dak Prescott and Andy Dalton, but again, if something if Dak Prescott, you know, like Dave said about Lamar Jackson sprains his ankle or something like that, and he misses a few games. Andy Dalton with a coach like Mike McCarthy is, is not the worst option. He can be serviceable. He can win you a couple of games, three games, who knows? And he has probably a better situation than Cincinnati, so I think he'd he'd be fine. So I understand why he's he's first for Dave. Um, so getting in the top three here, number three uh, was second for me, seventh for eleven. So we we're all pretty, pretty much in agreement on this one. Fitzmagic, Ryan Fitzpatrick, out in Miami, who uh, will be the backup quarterback once Tua gets healthy. So Fitzpatrick is pretty much the poster boy backup quarterback at this point. I mean, it's he always cut, you know, he comes off the bench for a few games, puts on a clinic. And then we see who he really is, and he goes fades back into obscurity. That's what you want out of a backup quarterback. Good for a little while, but not meant to be your full-time starter. Fitzpatrick, one of the best backup quarterbacks the league has ever seen. Yeah, I don't have anything to add to that. I mean, I think that's perfectly stated. Um, when you hear the name Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know what it means. Um, and, I, and you just said it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable with having him number number three. Um, what Very well deserved. He's a great backup, one of the best backups of all time. Yeah, I agree with both of you. Um, good, good backup, good arm. Throws, you know, he's high volume guy. Throws a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, and eventually a lot of interceptions. So um, he's smart. He's a good teammate, you know, and he knows the drill. If he gets beaten up for the job, he just tries to push the guy and win the job back. So I think he's he's a really good backup. And again, I I think that if you're signing him, you're probably pushing your starter. You're probably looking to push your starter. Ryan Fitzpatrick, the only reason that he is, uh, I mean, he was second on my list, but the reason that he gets knocked, I'm assuming by some people, is that he's, you know, he's old. He's getting up there in age, so, you know, he's not that elite backup quarterback anymore, but he's still a, a good backup quarterback. So cheers to Ryan Fitzpatrick. We know you're listening. Thanks for listening. Number two, this guy was number one on my list, fifth for Brandon, so the first quarterback to be top five for all of us. That would be Jacoby Brissett, old friend of the New England Patriots, at number two with uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I like Jacoby Brissett a lot. I think he he definitely is prone to make some mistakes, but he stepped into a really interesting situation last year, and he performed admirably. And I like Frank Reich a lot, as we'll talk about on uh, another podcast, but 
I love Frank Reich. I think he's a very good coach, a very good quarterback coach. And he worked with Jacoby Brissett and turned him into something I think that's he's better than what people expected. I mean, he's probably, for some people, about as good. But I really like Jacoby Brissett, and I think when it comes to backups, you could do a hell of a lot worse because Phillip Rivers might have a few games where he's not very good or might have a, you know might need to get benched or something. Who knows? Because, again, didn't really inspire a lot of confidence last year. But he's a good enough quarterback that he can keep his head above water. But if he can't, you're going to need Kobe Brissett to come in there and play a few games. And he has shown that he's capable of doing that. I'm a big Brissett fan. Um, always going to love the Wolfpack, the trio of Jimmy G, Tom Brady, and Jacoby Brissett. Um, and I also think that, um, like, like you were saying, he's sort of the perfect backup guy. Um, could, could give you a few games in the middle of the year if you need it. Don't really think he's um, starter level in terms of being comfortable with having him um, as your starter for the full season. But definitely not bad at all. Um, the Colts were, you know, pretty close to sneaking into a playoff position. And I think he got hurt for like two or three games, which dashed their hopes. Um, uh, but he, he, he did the job for a bit. Um, again, can't really count on him at this point, at least to fill in for an entire season. Cause we haven't seen it yet. Um, but as far as a game or two or a stretch of games, I'd, I'd be fully confident in having him play. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I, th- I think he's a good backup quarterback, and I, I think there's still probably a little bit of untapped potential. I think he's probably a low-end starter in the league. Like, maybe a guy you have the year you, before you're looking to draft a QB, maybe you take a chance on him and try to work with him in the system. But, I mean, I, th- I think overall he's probably just a, a backup in the league because uh, I think what you saw was the Patriots gave up on him really early. And I know they got Philip Dorsett, but I think what they saw after one year in practice was that he's he's a good backup and he's, he's got some talent. He's a really good guy, uh, but he's probably not a starter level player. He, I think he makes too many mistakes. But um, overall, like like I said, these are backups. Like these aren't starters. The bar is much lower. And you know he's a he's a good character guy. He's smart. He's got a good arm. He's mobile and he's very physical and he's tough. He's tough as hell. He played through a really bad thumb injury for the Patriots because they had no one else to play um and he didn't look good but he didn't make excuses so you know obviously earns the respect of the, of the teammates in the locker room which is huge in the NFL almost more than any other sport um maybe hockey too but uh I think overall he's, he's a really good backup too I, I can see why he'd be number one through five on the list whatever whatever position you have him yeah I have always liked Brissett and I like what you said Brandon that's uh the wolf pack baby you can't break him up I mean they did but they and they're all I think like Dave said, he's a low-end starter, but I think he's definitely capable of being a starter in the league. And I think there's, a, like, a, like you said, Dave, a little bit of untapped potential there. So let's go to show you. Belichick had three quarterbacks on that roster that are more than capable of starting a football game for a team. So that brings us to number one. He was number one for Levin, number one for Maxwell. He was fourth for me, and Dave, you had him at number three. So in all of our top fours, that would be... Jameis Winston out with the New Orleans Saints, the NFL's passing leader last year, and also the first guy to have a 30-30 season. Uh, really all you need to know about Jameis Winston. Had through for a ton of yards and a ton of picks. But at the end of the day, he is the best backup quarterback in the league. Yeah, I mean, I think he's even... Um, I'd put him in average starter level, even despite all the interceptions, just because 
Um, you saw in the system with Bruce Arians, who's a good offensive coach, um, what he's capable in terms of the positives. Maybe if he had another coach like Sean Payton, um, he could give him that discipline in order to um, iron those things out of him. So I think this is pretty much the best place he could be. Um, Drew Brees, um, you know, he's in some hot water right now, but he'll be gone pretty soon um, from the Saints too. Um, and I think that, you know, it's open for anyone. I think that could very well be Jameis's um, next role in the NFL being started for the Saints. Um, and especially playing in a dome eight games a year, that's probably going to serve him, serve him well too. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know how many games he ends up playing for them, if any. I mean, Drew Brees is old. He seems to avoid injuries, which is good. But if they need him, I mean, it's he's definitely the most serviceable guy out there. And like you said, Brandon, he's even probably an average starter in the league. I'm a little surprised he didn't find a gig, but he still could find one if he ends up, you know, playing his his you know his, if his stock rises again. Yeah, I mean, I think he makes enough throws and he's got enough arm talent. And, you know, he makes a lot of mistakes is the issue. But, you know, maybe he hones that in and it doesn't throw as many interceptions and becomes kind of like a Fitzpatrick where he throws a lot of interceptions. But, you know, you live with it because he makes more big plays and he's a backup. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think for a backup, like I said, you're not looking for a lot and he checks a lot more boxes than other guys do. So I, I think that he's, for you know, He's easily a top three backup and top four maybe, but after that, it's kind of what you prefer. Maybe a mobile guy, maybe prefer a guy that's short that throws shorter passes, that's running a different offense. But I mean, if you're looking to score points and you're looking to get the ball downfield, does you know you're you're looking at either Winston or you're looking at Fitzpatrick? Yep. So that does it. So our top ten: we have uh, Marcus Mariota at ten, Brian Hoyer at nine, Case Keenum at eight, Joe Flacco at seven, Robert Griffin the third at six. Tyrod Taylor at five, Andy Dalton at four, Ryan Fitzpatrick at three, Jacoby Brissett at two, and Jameis Winston at one. One last matter to ask, fellas, and I want to get your I want to get your input on this. So if you were making this list and you had to put Colin Kaepernick somewhere on it, say he signed with a team, Team X, and he's their backup now, where would you put him on your list? I mean, it's hard because you know, he's been sabotaged for four years, so that's four years of not playing. Right. Um, if we're going in terms of, um, you know, what he was when he left and to also taking into consideration the fact that he's continued to work out, um, I definitely still have him as, um, I'd say, like a low-level starter, high-level backup, um, 100% deserving of a job in the NFL at the very least. Um, we talked about some of these dudes at the bottom here. Um, we didn't even know they existed. And, you know, nothing against them, but... Colin Kaepernick has proven himself in the league. He is a couple minutes away from a Super Bowl. Um, and he was also on one of the worst teams in the NFL on, on his way out in the, in the last time he played. So it's not like he necessarily had um, a great chance to put up a sample size. And he also only played like six or seven games that season too. Um, so yeah, not necessarily the greatest stage to be able to show off um, or, or the, the most beneficial stage to show off your talents. Um, so yeah, either way, Colin Kaepernick definitely deserves a, a job in the NFL right now. Yeah, I mean, I would I would agree with you completely, one hundred percent. My only issue was what Brandon said was, you know, he's been out of the league for four years. If this is the guy that was four years ago, he's the same talent, same everything. He's easily a top three for me, if not number one. I mean, yeah, he pro he proved that he doesn't throw all interceptions. He's mobile. He's he's tough. He makes good decisions for the most part. I mean, he makes mistakes. So doesn't everybody. He's not yeah. Tom Brady. He's not 
Aaron Rodgers, he's not like a top 10 guy or a top five guy, but guess what? He's definitely a top 20 guy. I mean, he's, he's, is he better than Ryan Finley, Brian Hoyer, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick? Like, yes, absolutely. He is. I mean, people forget how, how quickly people forget that he led this team to a Super Bowl. His team to a Super Bowl. And, and he was. Chip, and- <laughs> yeah, and Chip Kelly benched him like out of spite almost and played Blaine Gabbert and ran a, an offense that was completely like completely messed up for Blaine Gabbert. Like he's almost no mobility and he's running like a, an option offense. It just doesn't make any sense. Kaepernick to me is easily, if he's the same guy four years ago, and obviously he was robbed of that chance, but if he's that same guy, he's, he's a top three and probably number one for me. Yeah, uh, on my end, I pretty much echo most of what you guys said, especially, you know, I, I had the same thought, Dave. He probably is a top three backup quarterback for me at this point. Like Brandon said, a low-end starter probably even, uh, especially if he's you know kept working out and is kind of still in the same shape. And it's, I mean, you want to talk about, I mean, he, he was within one bullshit non-pass interference call from winning the Super Bowl. And, uh, and I don't know how much things would have changed at that point. I mean, they probably still would have, you know, blackballed him from the league, even after, you know, the protests. But he was – he got that – yeah, he got that team to Super Bowl. He was on some bad 49ers teams. And he still had a lot left in the tank when he was, you know, pushed out of the league. And I still think he has some some stuff to offer if teams were willing to give him a chance. And you guys have said it already. Are you re- – you're going to look me in the eye – and don't don't give me the shit of he you know he's been on an NFL roster for the past four years so you know he's been able to absorb this and that. If you really think that Colin Kaepernick is a worse option than Logan Woodside, Ryan Finley, Sean Mannion, Kyle Allen, John Walford, Blaine, so many of these guys, I've got some oceanfront property in Idaho that I could sell you because that's just insane. If you think that, I'm sorry, it's insane. I would rather take Colin Kaepernick sitting on his ass for three years than at least half of these guys, and even some starters in the league, quite honestly. 100%. It's a joke. It really is. I mean, the guy should have a job. He really should. But that is uh, that, that was just a, an interesting little point I want to throw in there to see uh, your feedback on it. And Dave, before we end the episode, Brandon Maxwell, fittingly, our, our former co-host, our former MMA co-host, will be the first person to do a, a new thing we're doing on the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we both kind of thought this would be a, cl- a clever idea. Oh, hold on, hold on, Dave. Dave, it was, it was your idea. It was your idea. Come on now. It's, it's our podcast. Uh, well, it was your idea. It was your idea. All right. All right. Well, we thought it would be it'd be cool to start doing lightning round trivia for every guest that comes on, and we'll keep track of a leaderboard of every time someone comes on, we'll, we'll rank them, and at the end of every so many – what did we decide? Like three months or something? Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll play it by ear. Yeah, but we'll we'll have the leaderboard and we'll tweet out the results or uh, send out the results somehow. And whoever the winner is, is we'll congratulate them. But uh, Brandon will be the first one, and Jake actually came up with a bunch of questions. Uh, I did. So I will. Uh, what did we say? Sixty seconds. I or think 80 we. Seconds or? I think we did eighty set. Was eighty? I thought for some reason eighty seconds was the one that stuck in my head. Let's do 60. I think okay. 80 is too long. Okay, we'll do 60. So, Brandon, you'll have 60 seconds. We're going to do 10 rapid-fire questions for you. Okay. I'm probably going to be so bad at this, but um, I'm ready. I'm excited to do it. Let's kick off season one. I'm ready. All right, Brandon. So, uh, Dave, let me know when you're ready to start the clock. I'll, t- I'll, I'll, I'll give you the go-ahead. 
And uh, it's it's like family feud. So if you don't know it right away, just pass. We'll go back to it. And if you okay. get it wrong, you can still answer it. So is there any theme or is it just it uh, is so the theme for this one is boston sports leaders so it's a leader in a certain stat for a certain year okay all right i might have a shot you'll get the hang of it once i ask like the first couple of questions you'll get the idea okay all right i'm ready whenever you guys are all right dave are you ready for brandon are you ready brandon i'm ready all right dave three two one go brandon the 2013 red sox home run leader david ortiz correct the 2009 2010 patriots rushing leader Oh, my God. Um, Sammy Morris, Kevin Falk, um, Lawrence Maroney. Correct. Lawrence Maroney, the 2015-2016 Celtics rebounding leader. Al Horford? Incorrect. Oh, my God. Not Kelly Olenek. Uh, pass. I'll get back to that. Uh, 2012 Red Sox RBI leader. David Ortiz? No. Manny? No, Manny was gone. Lefty. A long time before then. What? Pajor? Nope. Pajor? Um, lefty. God, this is hard. Because right, it's, it's when, you're, when you're in the moment, pass. I'll All get right. back to that. 2015-16, Patriots rushing leader. 2015-16. Was it James White? Nope. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt. Yes. 2005, Patriots receive, receiving touchdown leader. Troy Brown? Nope. Wes, no, Wes Welker wasn't there at that point. David Givens? Nope, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it? Oh, God. Uh, I'm overthinking it now. Pass. All right, uh, 2007 Red Sox RBI leader. Ortiz nope. or Ramirez? Nope. God, Lowell? Yep. 2008-2009 uh, Celtics le- leading rebounders. Name both of them. There's two. Kevin Garnett? Yep. And Kendrick Perkins? Yes, sir. 2011-2012. Was that time? Time, yeah. Oh, okay, Brand. So you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I got seven? You got seven. I will, I'll oh. tell you the ones that you didn't get. One second. So the ones you did not get, 2015-16 Celtics rebounding leader is Jared Sullinger. Huh. Yeah, that was not coming. <laughs> the 2012 Red Sox RBI leader was Adrian Gonzalez. Oh, uh, yeah. See, I, I would have forgotten about him, too. Uh, you did get Deion Branch, right? No. Okay, well, you didn't. 2005 Patriots receiving leader was Deion Branch. Yeah, I'm disappointed in myself for that one. Uh, and the, 2011, uh, the, the two that you didn't get to were 2011-2012 Patriots interception leader. Um, 11, 12, is it Ty Law? No, he's way gone. 2011, 2012. This one I put on here especially for you because he used to follow you on Snapchat. Oh, was it, was it really Alfonso Dennard? Oh, that was who it was? I thought it was Kyle Arrington. Uh, yeah, it was Dennard. Um, okay, my bad. It was Kyle Arrington. My bad. <laughs> uh, and the last one was the 06, 07 Celtics rebounding leader. 06, 07. Was that Perk? Nope. Um, Mark Blount? Nope. 06, 07. Huh, pass. I mean, obviously pass, but... Uh, it was uh, Big Al Jefferson. Oh, yeah. I love Big Al. That, was, that would have been tough for me, Over though. Over 11 rebounds a game. But, Brandon, that's a good good first performance. Seven of them? You got seven. You got Ortiz. Six or seven. Ortiz. Actually, let me, let me recount. Ortiz, Maroney, Blunt, Lowell. I'm oh, sorry, six. Garnett and Perkins. You got six. I thought you got Branch, but... Yeah, seven. I messed up the Branch one. Still a good first performance. It was a good first performance, so it's... Uh, and when we okay. have you back on for coaches and QBs, well, I already have a list queued up for you on uh, – I won't tell you the topic because then you can research it, but it's, it'll be a good one. I think you'll like fine. it. I'm about it. I'm ready for it. Perfect. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for joining us here to uh, talk about backup quarterbacks and uh, regale uh, past episodes we've done. Thank you for having me. It was nice to uh, take a stroll down memory lane real quick. Where can, uh, where can people find you on the old social media, Brandon? 
Uh, same old BMAX15. Um, yeah, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, really use Twitter way more than Instagram, but mm. yeah, BMAX15. Perfect. And uh, Dave, where can we find you on social media? You can find me at, on the Twitter machine at David underscore Albiani. Perfect, perfect. I'm at Jacob underscore Morocco. The podcast is at CSL Podcast on Twitter. Go follow us there. We're up over 100 followers now, so big for us. Very happy. Uh, you can, uh, like I said, follow us there. Go find us on Anchor and Spotify. Those are our two big. Uh, we're distributed from Anchor. Spotify is our big one now. So go check us out there and uh, go listen to some old episodes. And we'll be back uh, with, I believe it's, uh, I think we got coaching QB duos next. Maybe, I think that's our next one. I don't know. Our list is, our list is long right now. So we'll, we'll see what's next. But I think that's the next one. So we'll, uh, we'll catch you then.